Browns Wire podcast. This is your host, Josh Keatley. With me is Adam Moore. We were not on last week, and I apologize to everyone. That was actually my fault. We had a little bit of a family crisis here in uh, my household. No children, Adam, but we did have a, a dog, and unfortunately, he ran into some issues. But moving on, it's another week. The combine, the NFL combine's in the books. We're getting a lot of mock drafts out. Uh, free agency is 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 coming up. Uh, there's been there's already been an NFL trade today. There's actually been two this week. So we got a little bit a little bit of stuff to talk about. I mean, I guess the first thing I want to mention is the free agent targets. You're you're hearing a lot of free agent rumors already. Um, I actually wrote a piece on Browns Wire. It's going to be released uh, today. Well, I guess tomorrow technically because this is Wednesday. Uh, but Trey Boston is a name that you're hearing linked up with the Cleveland Browns an awful lot. Uh, you know, with the new analytics. The, with the new analytics issues, they're probably going to be gearing towards bringing in some veterans uh, on some smaller contracts, and he's a guy that could be a place, you know, a stopgap solution. Uh, what about you, Adam? How you? First of all, how you doing? I completely skipped I over your emotions and, <laughs> and your feelings. That's all right, man. We uh, so we're we're kind of dealing with a little bit of sickness here at the house. So yesterday, oh coronavirus last, last night, yeah. So last night, I, I'm in the bathroom because I, you know, I'm not feeling all that well. And then my, my four-year-old son, I hear him come out of his bedroom, and he's kind of like whimpering and whining. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on? So he walks in <clears throat> and gets in bed with my wife and then just pukes all over her. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, the so most my disgusting thing I've ever pissed. heard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So wow. and then and then so then then at like 3 in the morning, my wife got up, and she's getting sick. So it was, it was a nasty little night last night. So I... This was last I'm, night. I'm feeling much better now, so I'm glad we I'm glad we pushed this back a day. Wow, that is gross. I didn't know I was even going on. I was texting you and I was like, man, I hope he doesn't get mad that I can't go tonight. I actually worked out really well. That's that's hilarious. Is everybody feeling better? Was it the flu? Yeah. I don't know what it was, man. It was just real quick. I mean, they yeah, we're feeling a lot better. Uh, the kids are acting normal, wife's acting normal, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just one of those quick little bugs, I guess, but it, it hit that's- hit hard and fast. That's so strange. Uh, I don't know if you saw. Adam, first of all, I want to let everybody know Adam and I are located in Columbus, Ohio, or a little bit on the out. Adam's located on the outskirts. Uh, Adam, did you see that the Arnold Sports Fest or what, whatever it's called is like they're yeah. not letting people come in anymore? It's just for yeah. the athletes. Yeah, like just what? Well, yeah, you said today's Wednesday. I just heard about it today, uh, so I don't know if they announced it today or or, or when that was I think announced. Was yesterday. But yeah, that's that's pretty crazy, man. And I, I guess I get it. Um, you know, and I guess they're still going to have the the competitions, right? They're just not allowing anybody to come and watch. Yeah, no spectators, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Those those guys, you know, obviously, it doesn't make sense to cancel the actual event itself because how you know you know those guys have worked so hard to get to that point to where they can compete in, in a couple of weeks, and that that'd be kind of shitty just to kind of hey, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, and my, my understanding too about how that that environment works with the bodybuilding and all that is there's only like there's only like two events that anybody cares about and i guess it's like you know mr olympia or whatever and yeah whatever there's like two there's like one in vegas there's like one in new york and then there's the arnold i guess so i guess if you if you cancel that you're taking a huge chunk of money out of a bunch of guys pockets so i i get it i kind of get it i was uh i was going through like you know they have that like on facebook they have those like facebook memories yeah just recently it popped up is remember when you and I went and I can't remember if it was like 2011, 12, 13, somewhere in there. We went, we actually, uh, Arnold came in and walked right beside us. Do you remember oh, that? Oh yeah. Yeah. And I remember that. He, he, you got, you met Jamal Lewis and we That's met a couple right. of other, Benson Henderson. I, I had a picture with Benson Henderson at the time. He was like the UFC light, lightweight, uh, you know, uh, champion, but yeah, that was pretty cool. 
So at, at that time, I think Jamal Lewis just retired at that time, right? <laughs> yeah, he was, he was, he was, was. Yeah, he just he just retired. He was built like a Mack truck. I don't know where that autograph photo is. Yeah, unfortunately, believe it or not, I don't know where that's at. It's <laughs> somewhere in my piles. Uh, but yeah, he yeah he he's built like a truck. Uh, funny story. I also met Tony Gonzalez one year at the Arnold, and he signed when I walked past him. Right, you get to talk to him for a couple minutes. I said, "When are you going to come to Cleveland?" Because this was the year. It was right after. It was like his. I think it's like first contract was up in Atlanta or something like that. It was something weird. Like there was rumors about him being on the market, and uh, I was you know fairly young at this point. And uh, he said uh, he laughed at me. He said, "Never." Fucked <laughs> <laughs> up. Oh yeah, it was it's was, it was kind of messed up. So he gave me I think he felt bad cuz I like I must have showed it on my face. So he yeah. gave me like 10 photos, 10 signed photos. They're still they're still just sitting in my room. Like I see them all it's so funny, but I remember that moment. But we yeah, it's pretty talk- crazy. We were kind of talking like a little before we you know we started the pod, but like what what in the world do you do with all these autographs? Oh dude, Justine hates me. Yeah. <laughs> Justine hates me. Like I've been like I like I said I've been just just pounding away, man. For for those that don't know, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a memorabilia autograph hound. Uh, you know, it's getting to the point where some people actually, you know, a lot of these players actually recognize me standing in line and all that. And, uh, <laughs> for instance, the Midwest Sports. Uh, by the way, if anybody's at the Midwest Sports Spectacular, please, please, please come up to me, say hi. If you're if you're gonna be there, hit me up on Twitter. I'd love to meet. You know, I'd love to meet some people and you know, talk about the hobby, but dude, yeah, I just got like, like I was, I was framing some of the jerseys. So I got like a Chris Spielman Browns Jersey framed. I got a Bernie Kosar, you know, game authentic Browns Jersey framed, but I have so many autographed jerseys now that I have to buy garment bags and they're just basically laying there. <laughs> and these helmets, I got so many mini helmets that are signed is that they're like stacking up to where you can't see my TV in that room anymore. <laughs> I ship a lot of it to my dad. Cause he lives in Texas now. So he don't get to see, you know, he doesn't yeah. meet any of these. You know, he don't get to see Chris Carter or Meyer and all those guys. So, like, I, I ship some of that stuff down to him. But I, I'm trying. I'm really trying to focus on getting as many Heisman Trophy winners as possible. I think that that would be cool. Yeah. That's right now wild. we got a couple. But yeah, it's a pretty good time. My dad. You can thank my dad for getting me into that at a pretty young age. But if, like I said, if anybody's going to be out there, please feel free to hit me up. Uh, but I guess moving on to the free agency, what, what are you what are you seeing out there, Adam? Like I said, I just mentioned Trey Boston's probably going to be a guy that the Cleveland pays attention to. Are you seeing any rumors or hearing anything on Twitter? You know, you're more you're more tied in than I am. So I, you know, I haven't heard any specific names. I, and I, but I know Andrew Barry is really kind of starting starting to kind of try to uh, you know fill in some fill in some holes or and like you mentioned with some of these. <laughs> Uh, some of these you know, veteran players on on short contracts to really just kind of bring some age and some leadership and um, some experience to this roster. I think that I think I mean that that could be a, a big part of what pushes this team over over the edge next year is just some more experience and more leadership in that locker room. So, you know, well, first of all, whoever, when you say over the edge, do you mean like? I feel like there's like this this weird cloud in Cleveland where people are saying, "Hey, this is really going to put them over the edge." I'm hearing that a lot. Like we're like, you know, this is going to take him over the top stuff well, like always that next I, year right always next yeah, year well i'm just confused like what is what is your definition of over the edge is it just making the playoffs or you think they're like what a, a buy or a first round buy or the super bowl like what is your what is yeah. your vision i'm i'm thinking they're going to be very very lucky to go to the playoffs well if they get in the playoffs i think i think you've got to you've got to classify as that as a, as a success i do yeah i, I, I would Absolutely. i just know I, a lot of people don't a lot of people really think that this is going to be Hey, all, it, all it takes is one press conference, dude. All it takes is one press conference, 
and then people are sold and thinking it's going to be another Super Bowl at the mouth. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's bad. Cleveland fans are nuts, man. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. I say that man. lovingly. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's uh, it's hard to envision the Browns making a big splash in free agency just yeah. because of the whole quote unquote analytics feel of it. I mean, you had John Dorsey who made a little bit of a splash when he could because I feel like he, you know, he did. He wasn't really thinking about the money or, or how the future. He was just all about now. What can we do now? Let's make a splash now. I'm thinking that Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski are going to have a longer a bit of longer leash, so they're not going to be looking to do anything too desperate. Uh, they're going to be looking. I don't want to say rebuild, but to more uh, you know build a team in a more organic way. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm going to bring up Trey Boston for uh, just another reason. Uh, or you know, uh, guys like guys like Trey Boston. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to think of any other names, but like. Uh, you know, someone that, that could come in there, maybe is, you're not going to be completely satisfied with them being the starter, but someone that can be very solid and someone yeah. that can, you know, maybe groom a younger player. Um, another thing that you're probably going to be seeing a lot of is these trade rumors. I know that uh, there's the Eagles have come out and already said that they're ready to move on from Andre Dillard or they're going to be using him as, as trade bait uh, for someone to pick up Alshon Jeffrey's contract. I know that there's an article on this that our editor wrote, Jeff Risden, uh, and I thought it was very interesting. I kind of took a little bit of a deeper dive to look into those two guys. And Andre Diller was a guy that I had as a first-round grade last year. I know that the Eagles are really going to try hard to keep Jason Peters, who's going to be a free agent this year. Um, he's part of that pretty intense off- offensive line free agency class with uh, Jack Conklin. Um, but, you know, he's get- Jason Peters is probably going to be pretty sought after, and I think they're going to try to – re-sign him and get rid of Dillard, which I, I think would be an interesting fit for Cleveland because he is a very athletic tackle. He was highly regarded, highly graded coming out. Now he's got a year of experience. Should be able to come in there. I mean, if he was a rookie this year, he'd still be a first-round talent uh, even in this deep, deep, deep class. Um, and then taking on Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey's not bad. He's I mean, no. he's beat up. He's not doesn't have a whole lot of speed, but he's not bad. A team like Cleveland could also have some – Valid. I mean, any team could really use him. He's just expensive. Yeah. No. I. I, I just don't think they're going to go out and add free agent wide receivers. Does that make sense? I may, maybe not right away. Uh, I don't know. I just think this rookie receiver class is so deep, and it'll be interesting to kind of see how that plays out to some of these fringe wide receivers that that may not. You know, they kind of get pushed into free agency to get instead of getting re-signed. Yeah, uh, with, yeah. So I, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. I, I, I mean, I really, it really wouldn't surprise me if the Browns did something to shore up the safety position in free agency. It wouldn't surprise me if they did something to shore up the offensive line in free agency. So I think, I think those are the two positions to look at in free agency, um, especially you know on the offensive line, just adding depth more than anything. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they might go. Out. I think there might be a couple studs that you you see the Cleveland name in in conversation with, like we just said, J- Jack Conklin is one that you're already kind of seeing. Uh, but I don't see this, this staff spending a lot of money. I, like I said, I do see them trying to rectify the, build the defensive back position, build the offensive line position. There's just not enough draft picks for them to do all that. And with them yeah. being analytics based, uh, I mean, I know that if you go back and you look at Sashi's classes that he had, or, you know, the one he had there, it was very much every player you could see, was rate if you went to go look at I don't know any preseason mag or any preseason board or or you know Matt Miller's board at time or whatever you want whatever you want to use as kind of an uh, you know a barometer of where a player was ranked he always drafted higher than that I mean I, there was a couple picks 
where I mean Matthew Days out of North Carolina State, the running back. I mean, we think they got they snagged him in the seventh round, and going into that draft, most viewed him as a fourth, fifth rounder. He had a, he was had a very impressive resume, and even though the running back wasn't a strong need, they kind of snagged him. So I think you can kind of expect this the same kind of draft here, where they're going to be maybe going for a mix of need and value early on, just because their needs are so. They're they're the Browns are very fortunate that their needs are very draft heavy, right? Offensive tackles, defensive backs. This draft is filled with them. But once you start to get into the second round or past that first round, I think it's going to be all, hey, what what is the value here? It wouldn't shock me if the Browns took a wide receiver in the second round. With the depth that's there, if a player like Denzel Mims falls, Justin Jefferson falls, uh, I could see them rolling the dice in the second round and be like, dude, this is a great value. Let's snag him. Yeah, something somebody like that makes more sense to me than Alshon Jeffrey. So... Well, yeah. I was thinking Alshon Jeffrey would be more more or less the dressing to the Andre Dillard stake. Does that make sense? Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, but okay. I mean, again, I guess I guess we'll see. Uh, what are you hearing any trade rumors? I know that you know we had two big trades today. AJ Bouye uh, was traded to the Denver Broncos this week for a fourth rounder. By the way, I think that the Texans won that deal, be- or the Jaguars won that deal because I believe he's washed. But I yeah. guess time will tell on that. Uh, and then Trey Turner was traded for Russell Okong. Um, which is chart. weird. Why is it weird? I don't know. I, I don't know. I just thought that. But it, for one thing, what that does is so. Uh, hold on. Who? So say that trade again. Who got who? So the so pa- the Panthers, the Panthers got, got Okay. Okay. And then the Chargers got Trey Turner. Both are Pro Bowl players. Trey Turner is an interior offensive lineman guard. Okung's going to co- come in and play off the tackle immediately for the Panthers. I think it's a great. Great trade for the Panthers. I don't really know what yes. with the chart. I don't really know what the Chargers thought process. I don't was. know what I know the Chargers they're, they're are pretty, doing. Yeah. They're, well, I mean, I, I think for Browns fans, that, that that's a little bit of a cause for concern, especially when when we're looking uh, at, at the first round draft picks, because when you Chargers are at, well, they're in the top ten. They just traded away their uh, left tackle. You got to think they 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 should go quarterback at six or trade up to get Tua or Herbert. But if they don't get one of those two, three, one of those three quarterbacks in the top six picks, you got to think they're going to go offensive tackle now. And with the Browns, so you think that that that's 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 a cause for concern because you want you want those offensive tackles to fall down to where you have a choice between the top two or three that you like. That's actually a really interesting point that I don't think I've seen anybody say. I've seen this connected to the Trent Williams thing, like, oh, this is the tra- this is what we can expect to trade for Trent Williams. Which I don't really know why those that's not connected at all. Uh, but what you're saying does make sense. The Chargers maybe maybe they are trading away those as that asset because they do believe that they can snag someone in this deep offensive tackle class. With yeah. that said, you know you you are I, I'm I'm with you on the fact that quarterback being mocked him is a pretty common theme, and I would probably agree with that, especially since they're letting Philip Rivers walk. Right. Uh, but may you know it's hard. I could see them trying to build the line and then going to sign a guy like Jameis Winston, I suppose, or maybe, you know, trying to trade to get, I don't know, Andy try Dalton to get back in the first round. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that is strange because they are right there. I mean, there's going to be three offensive tackles taken in the top 10. One would think. Yeah. yeah. And they're right there that, in the thick of it. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. That, that probably signals you. I think, I, I don't know. I, I think I tend to agree with you that that kind of signals what, what the chargers are trying to do there. Maybe they're, maybe they're saying, okay, we'll trade away our offensive tackle. Um, we'll draft another offensive tackle. We'll sign one of these veteran quarterbacks. That's going to be available. And, you know, 
You know, because the Bengals are going to train Andy Dalton. You're right. James Winston's going to be on the market potentially. So there are going to be options for them to kind of to kind of bridge the gap. Maybe and maybe they look to to find their guy in the next year or two in the draft. But yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, it's going to yeah, it's, it is it's going to be interesting to see what they do because you know they're they're either going to have to trade up to get Tua or get Herbert or they're going to have to sit there at six and take take an offensive. Well, one tackle. of the, one of those corner quarterbacks should fall. You think, I mean, I you got you got man. the Lions up there. Who I mean, the Lions aren't going to take a quarterback. The Lions do love Stafford, so they're going to take mm-hmm. you. You got you got the 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 Detroit Lions, the Washington Redskins, and I think that they're both taking defensive stars. Whether it's Chase Young, yeah. Akuda Simmons, I mean, those guys are that those guys are going to go in the top six. One would think, and if yeah. they don't, someone's going to trade up to snag one. There's the only just one so I can much even talk. There's just so much talk about Washington taking Tua or taking a quarterback at two. I think that's all smoke. I think that's the first. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're good. I, I think that 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 is the first official smokescreen. We're hearing a lot of what BS about how the Dwayne Haskins doesn't know the playbook, how he can't read a defense, blah blah blah. Hey, we really like Tua. What What do you mean when you draft when they drafted Haskins? He was a one read quarterback coming out of Ohio State, right? He's got a he he played fine during the back half of the season. He clearly got better. He was clearly getting more acclimated. There was no issues there. That makes no sense. I think they're just trying to drive the market up because they're wanting one of these quarterback hungry teams to trade up to make sure the they trade. can snag one. That that makes sense, but if yeah, so that that would tell me that they're not sold on Chase Young though. So if they're if they're willing to trade back, I I think that all right, okay. So what what so you're saying that they they think that there's an issue with Chase Young? Well, I'm not saying that they think there's an issue with it, but they mess. You know, it, it doesn't make sense to me that they would that they're that that they would put up that smoke screen if they're going to take Young at two anyway. I don't, you know, I don't, if, I don't know if they're going to take Young at two. I'm saying right now, if if I'm doing a mock draft, if you if you don't allow trades in an NFL draft, which is not going to happen, we're going to see trades. But I'm saying theoretically, you would see Young going there, and I think that I think it's a safe bet to say that Young, Simmons, and Akuda are going to go top six. I could see the Redskins trading out. I mean, they don't have the worst defensive line, the worst pass rushers in the world. You got Montez Sweat, they just drafted, who came on strong in the second half of the year. Ryan Kerrigan, one of the most underrated uh, edge rushers in the NFL. Jonathan Allen, uh, Deron Payne, Matt uh, Ioannidis out of Temple, who's also a very underrated player. I, I could see them, even though Ch- Young is a game changer. And if you take Young and you got Montez Sweat on the other side, my God, that's you're set up for the next ten years. You, yeah. If you could trade down with the Dolphins, the Dolphins got, Get a they got three first rounders. And yeah, add something I mean, to could, their secondary. That makes sense to me. Yeah, if you if get the I, number yeah. five and twenty-six pick, well, then you can still snag one of those studs. You're only trading down a couple spots, mm-hmm. and then you get an extra first rounder. The Redskins are terrible, dude. The Redskins yep. are terrible. Chase Young ain't gonna fix him. Ain't gonna fix them. This is not gonna happen. So I could I could see it. I don't think there's anything. I don't think it necessarily means that they're not sold on Chase Young. I just see they think that they're seeing the big picture. And I I hope that the Browns are like that. Honestly, I mean, if they're they're at ten, if if there's only two off tackles off the board, let's say if there's a a mini wide receiver run with the you know let's say Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs goes in the top ten, those three defenders we just talked about, and uh, you know those those three quarterbacks. Uh, Herbert Burrow and, and Tagovailoa. That means that there's going to be a, a multitude of these also tackles falling. Uh, they all can't be drafted that high. So if you can have that, and you know that your guy is, let's say Tristan Wirfs, for example, Tristan Wirfs has been mocked to him more than a couple times at the n- number ten spot. But if you're comfortable with Wirfs, Wills, or Becton, uh, maybe you can trade back even further for someone that's more geared 
you know, more prepared and wants one of those guys specifically. There's a lot of talent in this draft. There's a lot of people that there's a lot of guys in this draft that I can see squeezing the top 10. I mean, if you let's, if you pick up five random mock drafts online right now, I mean, obviously from some reputable reporters such as Matt Miller, you're going to see probably 30, 20, 25, 30 different guys in those top 10s. Which is, I think, is pretty crazy. But I mean, you know, we those we talked about the wide receivers briefly. Uh, we, uh, Javon Kinlaw, Derek Brown out of Auburn. Those are two interior defensive linemen that I could see. You know, I could see the Panthers wanting to pick up one. I could see the Giants wanting to snag one. The Jaguars wanting to snag one. You know, there's there's some talent out there. I don't know if everybody's going to be. Even though the offensive linemen or offensive tackles are great, I don't know if everybody's going to take one. Yeah. So I mean, between those three, do you have a preference? The, between the offensive tackles, Werfs, Williams, and and Becton, I I am not finished with my film with my with my grading. Okay, in, in full disclosure, uh, I probably played a little bit too much Red Dead Redemption lately. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be straight up honest with you, dude. Like I've been trying. I like last night I watched the Las Vegas Bowl again with uh, Jacob Eason to try yeah. to get those notes done. Last year at this time, I was done with the quarterbacks, dude. I was yeah. done with the quarterback. So I'm rushing through. Now, thank goodness Justine's gone throughout the week. So it's like just football, football, football over here. The XFL's kind of slowed me down too because I, I do watch all those XFL games. Uh, so I don't really know if I have – like I, I think Judge – I think Makai Becton's going to go first. Okay? Yeah. Just based off of the fact Boy, that he's he such a compliment. massive human being and he is athletic. And by the way, I want it to be stated now – that I saw, well, I no one saw Makai Becton running that fast, but I saw him being more athletic than everybody thought. I don't. We we're in this weird area where it's so easy to just Google someone, see their statistics, see their measurements, and just move on. And that that you have people that are just, it's not box. It's not box score scouting, but it's very similar to that. Similar to that, where they just see a fat. Oh, that guy's fat. Well, first of all, no, he's not. He right. could put his fist right through my heart. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not, he's, you know what I mean? Like you show me, show me the film where he's getting, he's getting beat because he's not athletic. You know what I mean? I mean, if anything, Tristan Wirfs has more film where he not, I don't want to say it's not because he's athletic. Cause obviously he is, but he has film where he looks more stiff than Becton. I, I think, uh, and I'm not saying I have one rate over the other. I'm just saying like, they all have their, they all have very similar concerns um, but those are probably the top three guys Beckton, wills and then Werfs. um i don't necessarily know if i have like i said i'm not really done with my, my grading scale i know Werfs was he stayed on the right side but i will say this and this is going to sound very stupid coming out of my mouth this is very a very square thing to say he is the first offensive lineman in iowa history to start as a freshman under kirk ferentz and that is an offensive line factory dude so i yeah. did think that was kind of impressive that's something that's not going to show up in the stat sheet. And it doesn't really matter, but I thought it was interesting. Well, Williams stands out to me more. Uh, I think I think he would probably be the safest. Will uh, Williams? Man. Right, yeah. Yeah. You mean Wills? Jedrick Wills well, out of Alabama? Yes, yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. Okay, yeah. No problem. Yeah, Jedrick Wills. Yeah, so yeah, that I think he's he's the guy that I would feel most comfortable with there at 10 if he's available but yeah it'll be it'll be interesting i know i know there's going to be a lot of hype here for mckay Beckham out of louisville did where are you concerned about no. his bench press numbers or are you just kind of writing that off because he has long arms? was he six seven he's got to have long no, arms I, just, I don't i just it's not see here here's the deal if you go back and look at my little stupid preseason rankings that i do i had mckay Beckton high i already had him high he played he's he's not this is not some guy that's that's come out of nowhere 
Uh, I mean, he's he's probably more established than 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 Worfs and Wills. He's playing playing on the left left tackle for numerous years for Louisville. I mean, he just he doesn't get beat. I just I don't I don't I don't have any concerns with him. I just I just don't. I'm not concerned with his bent. See, I, okay. So here's the thing about the combine. A wise man once told me, you don't use the combine to grade your player. You use it to either confirm what you already know, or you use it to go back and look at film, right? So a player that maybe uh, like, like for instance, Henry Ruggs, for him running a four two seven in the forty, does nothing for me. It doesn't change his grade at all. We knew he right. was fast. We it, <laughs> it, it we it did not. It didn't matter. Does that make sense? That is yeah. already that was already a plus in his column. Isaiah Simmons being a freak again. That doesn't move him at all in my mind. I already had him in my top five on my big board. Or my preliminary big board. What, what do you want me to do? I already had him up there because he was athletic. That doesn't surprise me. Denzel Mims. I mean, that's a guy I've been talking about for six months. Him running the four three surprises me, but I already knew he had a lot of. The, he checked a lot of those boxes. Um, you know, a, a guys that I'm gonna go back and revisit because of the combine. Uh, Davion Taylor, at linebacker out of Colorado. He, he really blew up. He had a very impressive combine, and that's not a guy that I've done a lot of research on. You know, he was big. He was fast. He was strong, and I need to know why. I don't really – because that's not a guy that popped up on on film a whole a whole lot for me, and I watched a little bit of Colorado. Again, I'm not done, but, you know, that was one of my favorite teams preseason-wise because it's Chenault and Steven Montez. Um, ugh, Reggie Gray, I think that was the linebacker. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm – I think I'm missing his name. Uh, the linebacker at Mississippi State who ran a, a very impressive 40. He tested extremely well. I know he had some off-field issues, was on and off the field at Mississippi State. That's a guy that I got to go back and check because I don't even know if I had him on my list as someone to yeah. watch. Um, you know, I'm, try- I'm trying to think of other guys. Cole McDonald being as fast as he was, that kind of surprised me. But, again, he's so inconsistent, and plus he plays quarterback, so I don't really know how vital, you know, the, even though his 40 number was eye-popping. It's not something that's going to make me go back, and I don't know if it's going to make me change. It's great. Does that make sense? Like the combine yeah. shouldn't be – like Derek Brown. Derek Brown had a pretty pretty rough combine. I'm not going to change my grade on him. He's a, he's a mauler who sits in the middle. You can't move him. That's what he does. I My biggest concern with him was that he's on the ground all the time. The combine didn't do anything to dissuade me of that or anything to prove me against that. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think the combine's probably most useful for like guys that are in that you view as middle round guys that maybe you haven't done a whole lot of research on, or uh, you know maybe the guys that you kind of you didn't really you know, they're playing against smaller competition like oh this guy's fast and then you go back and you look at his forty time and you're like oh wait he's not that like Antonio Andrews at Western Kentucky you know he ran by people in the Sunbelt Conference well then when he went to the combine he ran like a four seven so you're like wait a second is everybody slow you know it's just something that's <laughs> That's kind of how I use the combine. Now, I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. It's just, I don't know. That's just how it goes. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, what 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 did you see? No, I mean, I don't, I don't know that. You know, you kind of mentioned a few of them. I don't know if I have any that you know that stand out that that I think we need to talk about. I was just, yeah, I well because you know it all started with the, the with, with Mackay Beckham. We, we bench press. What did he only have 25 reps or something like that? Yeah. And that's low for an offensive tackle, but he's six seven. He's got long arms. Yeah, you know, obviously he's got to he's got to move that weight longer than than somebody that, like me who's six one. You know, I'm what not I'm gonna I'm not gonna justify the poor number. It's that's a bad number. That's not that's not he didn't test that. That's something he didn't do well at. But yeah. that wasn't the thing he had to overcome. So you have to imagine too. This is this is a job interview. These guys aren't going to practice in football anymore. He's spending 
eight hours a day trying to figure out how to run the best 40. People already yep. know he's strong. He already knows he's strong. Maybe during the season he benches it 30 times. I don't I don't know. That wasn't his concern. It's not what he no one everybody knows he can push people around. He weighs 400 pounds. That wasn't the issue. So I kind of I like I said, I kind of throw that number out the door. A guy like KJ Hamler. He threw up 15 reps of 225. That's a good number for him. That's a number that makes my eyes pop. Maybe I'll have to go back and look at him because I don't have him high on my wide receiver board. And a lot of that's because I, I look at him. He's very tall. He's very he's very tiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's thin. He he does. I don't know if he's going to be able to to hold in the hold up in the NFL. You know that he got the ball a lot on screens and, and pitches and the unique ways at Penn State. Is an NFL team going to want to invest in that? Well, he's got a lot of upper body strength. Maybe I need to go back and revisit that. Maybe he's put on weight. That's it. Maybe it's a, a pro day. I need to circle to see if maybe he has added more weight. You know, um, from it from the combine because that's possible too. You'll you'll see weight fluctuate fluctuate from the Senior Bowl to the from the Shrine Game to the Senior Bowl to the combine to pro day. So it is it's something to watch out for. Um, there's two Division two guys like I, I believe, uh, J- yeah, Jeremy Chen of Southern Illinois, the safety, and then Kyle Dugrat of Lenore Lenore Ryan. I believe that the combine was very important for those guys because they're playing D two competition, so they're playing guys that were worse than me in college, right? So you can yeah. look dominant against guys that aren't ever going to make it in the NFL. So they it was important for those guys to test well, and that's something that you know most people I think they would have predicted after uh, Kyle Duggar had a very impressive Senior Bowl week. But that question marks probably still loomed in a lot of people's minds just because again it's that you gotta you gotta make sure he checks all those boxes because he did play against lesser competition. That's kind of more how I view the combine. AJ Dillon, the running back at a Boston College, I, he we weighed in at like over two hundred forty pounds. If you talk to a lot of people during the season, they automatically chalk him up as slow because they see they see him in that Boston College offense shoving it right up the middle, and him just looks like a big plodding bulldozer. Well, dude, that dude scooted. He they think he ran in the four fives. That's really impressive. That guy was he he ran a faster forty than Derrick Henry, and he weighs two hundred and fifty pounds. Okay, well, I, so that 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 to me means that maybe we should just we need to go back and review what. Double check what we wrote down about him. Now I'm not gonna don't want to toot my own horn, Adam, but I always loved AJ Dillon, so I don't have to do that. But I'm just saying some people might. <clears throat> yeah. But that I, that's how I kind of utilize the combine. Maybe that's wrong though. You know, I'm sitting here talking to you, so it's not like <laughs> you know what I mean. I just that's you know what are you gonna do? They're not they don't they're not playing for what, what Chase Young say. They asked him why he wasn't doing the drills, and he said because I'm getting ready to play football. Right, <laughs> it's you know he he's he is right. It's cool to write down all those numbers and see how fast yeah. people are. And I was psyched when I saw Cole McDonald running that fast. Now, granted, he doesn't have his dreads anymore. For those right. that don't know either, for those that don't know, I I want to make sure that I'm given. I, I got a couple of complaints when we talked to Donovan because yeah. we were going so fast with these players that we weren't saying what position or what college they went to. So I had people texting me, who who what who what, and then they just kind of <laughs> yeah. So I want I want to make sure I'm I'm covering the colleges. But Cole McDonald's the quarterback from Hawaii, and the reason I keep bringing him up, and Adam will be well aware of this. I was pretty not super high on him, but pretty high on him. Probably Jordan uh, Jordan Love level. He you know he he's a white guy with dreads. I, you gotta love it. He's got <laughs> tattoo of the islands on his forearm. It's you know I gotta be I gotta be honest with you. That's pretty much the only reason. Uh, and I was really high on him, and he played in the opening the week zero college football against Arizona, and he threw like three interceptions in the first half. I put money on Hawaii. And then he got benched, and I just from that point on, I just I lost all faith in him. And then he cut his dreads. Yeah. yeah. So he might as well be dead to me, Adam. <laughs> but is there anybody impressed you at the combine? 
Uh, no, I, I kind of I think of the combine similarly to you. I, I don't put as much stock into it. Um, so no, I mean there wasn't anybody that that, that was you know like a super standout to me that that uh, you know made me really change my mind about how I feel about them. So. Yeah, and I don't think any of these offensive tackles had extremely impressive bench numbers. The only bench number I remember seeing that made my eyes pop was KJ Hamler and uh, Bradley and, and I from uh, the defensive end from Utah. I think he benched. I think he got. Uh, I think he got up like twenty five times, and he weighs like two forty or something like that. Um, so those were the only numbers in the bench press that really impressed me. Forty time we saw a couple burners. Uh, you know, Werfs ran a very impressive forty. Obviously, Beckton was all the rage. Simmons, Rugs, but you know. I, yeah. I don't remember seeing anybody that necessarily changed my mind, so to speak. Yep. I'm ready um, for the draft. What are, we, what are we, like 50 days away or something like that? Yeah, I think today actually marks 50, and I'm not ready at all. I definitely need to concentrate more on, on researching some of these guys. Uh, but, I mean, I guess that brings us to the, the mock draft. Are you, I mean, I, I feel like it's a pretty common scene, theme seeing these offensive tackles going to the Browns in these mocks, we kind of talked about how yours favorites wills. And we talked about how I don't really have a favorite, but I think that Beckton's going to go first. Do you think that will Jedrick Wills is going to be the first off the board? Or do you think he's going to be able to fall to Cleveland? I don't, I don't, I really don't know. You, you kind of mentioned it. Who knows what happens with these wide receivers? Um, you know, if, if there's a, if there's a wide receiver run, I think that's the opportunity for those tackles to fall. But otherwise I think you're going to see two or three of these guys be gone by the time it gets to 10 at Cleveland. Yeah, and you know, there's like there's a couple guys that are like kind of flyers that you don't really know. They're kind of wild cards. I mean, uh, C.J. Henderson, we talked about the comment. That's probably someone I should mention. He, I think he ran the fastest 40 of all the defensive backs. He really struggled, he really struggled with tackling at Florida, but he had a great uh, 2018 season with a very solid 2019 season where he still covered everybody up. His only weakness is really tackling so did that 40 time and did, did i mean is that gonna shove him up the boards i don't know is someone gonna take a flyer on him i don't really know how many of these wide receivers are gonna go in the first round which is really gonna affect the brown second round um you know there's their second round uh pick i mean you know we talked about denzel mims henry ruggs jerry judy uh you know uh, yeah, T. Higgins, who could, who could possibly be taken in the first round. You know, you still got a trio of running backs that could be taken mm-hmm. before the Browns' second round pick. And uh, J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift. I mean, a lot of the, the noise and a lot of the hype is around Jonathan Taylor right now. But remember, J.K. Dobbins didn't run. And he's, man, he's not slow, dude. It would not surprise me to see him have a big pro day come yeah. the 17th so that's something to also watch out for um you know there's just a lot of things that could happen i think i think uh, something will be interesting to watch is to see what happens with jordan love will somebody trade up in the top 10 to get jordan love or will he go 12 13 14 somewhere in there uh you know obviously if somebody trades up that's good thing that's a good thing for the browns it's going to push yeah. those, those tackles down a little bit further on in it so, well, I mean, uh, what do you think it, about Jordan Love? I, I heard him compared to Patrick Mahomes. I think that's, I think that's, I think that's convenient. I think that's easy. But I, I, I don't know m- enough about Jordan Love. Who's comparing to, him to Patrick Mahomes? Uh, your best friend, Colin Cowherd. Oh my God, that's pretty. <laughs> lo- that's a pretty lofty comparison. Here, here's the yeah. deal with Jordan Love. I really like Jordan Love heading into the season. Okay. But Matt Wells, okay, here, here's what happened. He had a really good statistical season in 2018, and he really looked and appeared like he knew what to do with the ball. 
Okay, Matt Wells leaves to go to Texas Tech. All of a sudden, Texas Tech, although they only won four games, go back and watch those because I know people are going to tweet at me that they only won four games. Go back and watch those four games. They were in all of them, and their quarterbacks blew, and they all looked okay in Matt Wells' new offensive system. Okay, Jordan Love doesn't look so hot in his second year in the system or in his first year in the new system under Gary Anderson. I think it's Gary Anderson who's coaching there now. I mean, they even lost to Kent State in their bowl game, and they were double-digit favorites, I believe, okay? Like, he didn't exactly take over any games. I think a lot of people think that he's more athletic than he really is, even though Herbert has actually been timed faster than him. I have to go back and look at the comment. I thought I think Herbert was timed faster in the 40 and, like, all the agility drills than Jordan Love. I know that they were coming out of high school. I, I don't really – He's got, he's got, to me, he's got, I like him, but he has some question marks. I think you could compare him. I, I don't know, I don't know who's comparing him. I don't know why they're comparing him to Patrick Mahomes, but I mean, they're, I mean, I, I'm, tra- you, there's been a lot of successful quarterbacks that have run the same system, that have been in the same system as that, and people have been fooled before. I mean, Blaine Gabbert being one of them. Blaine Gabbert was in the exact same system. And, you know, we know how that ended. There's a lot of quarterbacks too. I mean, he, what, does he do anything? really well i mean does he do anything better than jacob eason justin herbert i mean justin herbert is probably the most accurate jacob eason probably has the best arm um you know two and burrow are going to be gone those are the top two uh you know jake Fromm doesn't really cause a lot of turnovers i I think and i've heard a lot of people compare uh love to brett hunley i don't think that that's fair either because i think he probably is better than hunley but I could see that. I think that that's more reasonable than Mahomes. I mean, Hunley yeah. had a little bit of hype on him, really struggled the senior year. They're kind of built the same. I mean, I like Jordan Love, but, I mean, he could go in the first round. He can go in the second round. He's kind of like – I'm not comparing their playing styles, but he's a little bit like Drew Locke. I mean, we saw Drew Locke mocked everywhere from 5 to 50. <laughs> Last year, yeah. You know what I mean? And I love yeah. I love Drew Locke. I probably like Drew Locke more than I love Jordan Love. More than I like Jordan Love. I'm not done grading Jordan Love or ranking Jordan Love. Uh, but I that was some guy that was, that was a, a small school guy that I was ready to put you know tip my hat to, you know, because I tried to do that just like the Cole McDonald thing. And I, I he some of the, some of the games he was not smooth, man. Even against Kent State, I know he scored a bunch of touchdowns, but Kent State wasn't no good, dude. Kent State's gonna have I I don't know if they have they're gonna have anybody on that defense go to the NFL and he didn't exactly carve them up. He's very you know hot and he runs hot and cold. So the ideal situation for the Browns would be if nine quarterbacks went <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> right off yeah, the bat. Absolutely. I mean, I, I I guess I would tend to agree with you a little bit about Jordan Love. I, I just think in, there's this trend in the NFL where. You're gonna you get these fringe college quarterbacks that have that have upside or have that or have that raw potential, and yeah, you get these teams kind of taking these flyers on them just because they know how important a franchise quarterback is in this league. Yeah, so he's he he's flashes. He's big. He's yeah. athletic enough to you know make some people miss. He's got his highlight tape is sick. If you take his best 15 plays, they may be the best 15 plays in all of college football. Yeah. But, dude, there's a lot of bad plays too, man. It's well, kind of, Jacob Easton's a little bit like the same way, just with a giant arm. He makes – I mean, Jacob Easton's tape against uh, Utah, Wolf. That I mean, he was rough. He was terrible. He was absolutely yeah. terrible. He was throwing in a triple coverage. He looked – he was just terrible. Had no touch on the ball. But then against Boise State, he was ripping it. He was gripping it and ripping it, dude. So – Kind of like that, you know. What do you? I mean, what's your thoughts on Herbert? I, I, I guess I'm not in love with Herbert either. I, I don't. Know. I love Herbert. I was high yeah. on him going into the year. He was my QB one. 
I don't want to. I don't want to be an idiot, so I'm not going to say he's better than Burrow. But I mean, there is a case to be made for her for Herbert. I know that first of all, he didn't have the offensive weapons that Burrow or Tag did, and that's uh, what I want to. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt there, and I don't want to be like naive or ignorant. And and I haven't watched a ton of him, but the games I did watch, it, it just felt like he disappeared. And maybe that's not his fault. Maybe he didn't have anybody around him to kind of it, you know help him along. Like I mean, Burrow. they did have. They did have Juwan Johnson, so I don't. I don't want to say that his his cupboard was completely bare. It wasn't as. I mean, you know, Jake. We just talked about Jordan Love, who played at Utah State. So mm-hmm. I don't want to act like his talent was on that level. He still played at Oregon. He still played, you know, with some fast guys. C.J. Verdell was a very good running back, but the offense was weird too. Like I, I feel like Mario Cristobal never rode the hot hand. I feel like every time Herbert got in a little bit of a rhythm, they would start to run the ball. I feel like when they would they would run, 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 run. And then it'd be like, okay, we ran it 10 times in a row and got three yards. Let's pass. It just didn't feel like it really helped him out. Uh, he, yeah. to me, he, to me, he is the most accurate passer. I, I, to me, he is the most accurate passer. And, uh, I, I don't, I don't, you know, some teams are going to like, I, there, there's highlight tapes of him dropping it in the basket. There, you can yeah. you can find tape of him dropping the basket on a consistent basis. But I, I do like Herbert. I don't think he, I do think he's going to go in the first round. No, for sure. He, I mean, he's he's, he's probably a, he's definitely a top ten pick. Uh, but I'm just I'm just trying. I just I maybe guess not. I don't want to make any I guarantees. I mean, you know, you can you can make the same argument. There's you know, someone might like Eason better. Someone might like Fromm better. You can make an argument for someone liking Eason better. He's Eason's got a huge arm, dude. He's got a big arm. Man, I mean, he can sling it. He's, yeah. you know, some. I think I heard someone compare him to Peyton Manning, and I was like, "What?" And then, <laughs> if you watch that Boise State game, dude, he's slinging it, bro. The only reason he got the incompletion incompletions he did was because his wide receivers sucked. Like he was, I mean, he was good, dude. His, his tight end sat out the bowl game, and he was still slinging it. I mean, he had some sweet dishes. Um, but we're running short on time, so let, let's try to uh, let's get our XFL best bets in. I know that we've been. I, I have did not have the best week last week in the XFL. I went to one and three in my daily fantasy. I only went one and one, dude. Man, DC has fallen on, on hard time. I, I think it's the same thing you see with Pep Hamilton everywhere he goes. Every, every <laughs> everything's just gotten stale. They, yeah. They're not. They're not. They, I think it takes defenses to catch. I think defenses take longer to catch up. Right, it takes the defense longer to figure out what they're doing, who's going to be where, and I think they've just figured it out. And now they figured it when they, in the process they figured DC out, and Cardell Jones hasn't gotten any better. I think that he relies on Pep Hamilton to tell him what to do and how to read defenses, and I don't think you can do that. In the, in the meantime, players like Jordan Tayamu are getting better, PJ Walker's getting better, and I think they're just that's just they're just catching up. Yep. But uh, the, yeah, PJ Walker, Jordan Tayamu, they they've been just. They've been the the stars of this league, at, you know, three or yeah. four weeks. So yeah, I mean, PJ Walker has legit NFL talent. I think he was just kind of given a, a crappy hand when he first came in the league. Uh, but the first game of the slate, Seattle is getting thirteen points at Houston. Um, I'm going. I know that Seattle had a pretty impressive game against St. Louis last week. I believe that they did. They actually did beat the spread against St. Louis, who I have as the number two team in, in the league. Uh, they're starting to. I th- they're they're kind of letting Brandon Silver's figure it out, which I don't think is the worst thing in the world. Um, but I still like Houston. Houston's un, they just seem unstoppable. Uh, you know yep. he's got PJ Walker is dishing it to Cam Phillips. Uh, you know uh, I, I just he doesn't he just doesn't seem like 
There, I don't think there's any slowing them down. Yeah, no, you're right. You, you know, Houston is by far the best team in the league. But I think the big question, the 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 handicap is what is what is Seattle going to do at the quarterback position? They brought in B.J. Daniels in the second half last week, and they played yes. much better with him. Yeah, that's true. So, they did do that. So I think it, I, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I think I think that's the the big handicap for this for this game. Thirteen points is a lot. Yeah, you you might be you might be right because I, I you know they they've been letting Brandon Silver's kind of struggle it out, but you're right. They did bench him in the sec- They basically did bench him in the second half. And yeah. BJ Daniels, I mean, he he's got a Super Bowl ring. I mean, he's been <laughs> in the NFL. He's seen it. He's thirty years old. You know, what I mean, he's not going to go back to the league. But he he was he was effective last week, and he can yeah, be effective. Well. He's proven to be effective. He they might run they might run with a hot hand. I don't think that changes my my handicap though. I'm still going with Houston. I don't care who's taking the snap back there. And I don't think Brandon Silvers was terrible. I just don't. I think that they're just trying trying to grasp the straws, trying to figure out why they suck. I mean, I got them as the seventh worst. I got them as the second worst team in the league. <clears throat> oh, they're right there. If they're yeah. uh, second worst or worse, yeah. So my hand, I, if if BJ Daniels plays, I'm going to take the 13 points in Seattle. But if 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 they don't start him this week, I'm going to go with you in in Houston. So I'm going to wait till later in the week to figure out who's starting a quarterback before I make uh, make a bet. I'll take that bet. I'll t- if, if B.J. Daniels starts, I'll still take Houston. We'll bet against each other. Oh, sounds good. Uh, the second game of the of the week, New York is getting eight points from Dallas at Dallas. New York has fallen on hard times. With that said, they still did. Uh, they they won last week, right? Oh my gosh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm spacing out. Yeah, they won. They won by three points against L.A. L.A. kind of collapsed. Uh, New York was actually getting eight points, and they took the outright victory. Uh, Matt, they kind of went through a little bit. They kind of went through a little bit of a shape shift. Matt McGloin got benched. They went with Louis Perez. Uh, they were going kind of through this weird system where they're going with Louis Perez and Marquise Williams. Then they kind of just let Perez do his thing. Matt uh, Louis Perez is not mobile at all. He's not athletic at all. He might be the least athletic quarterback in the league next to Aaron Murray, Taylor Cornelius, and uh, Landry Jones. Uh, but he got it done. He took them to overtime. Yep. They won by three points over LA, who I, I thought LA was. LA is not good, but Josh Johnson has been getting better. That offense has been getting better. Whatever the point is, I'm taking. I am taking uh, New York getting the eight points from Dallas. Uh, Landry Jones is hurt, by the way, and they're yep. saying Landry Jones is out the rest of the year. And yep. I don't. I, you know, I, I, Philip Nelson can only throw about five yards. So, yeah, I agree with you for all those reasons. Landry Jones, not you know, he's saying his status is in doubt at the moment. Uh, I've heard the same thing about him kind of being done for the year with that left knee injury. Yes. Uh, I really liked what I saw from Luis Perez coming in, and, and uh, you know what they, his offense put up twenty three points last week, which is which is more than all the other uh, quarterbacks enabled, had been able to do in that offense. So you know maybe they found Se- somebody well, here he, that he, works well. Seventeen points, right? Yeah, they, they, won, they won. They won. They won seventeen to fourteen. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. But that's yeah, not, I mean that's still that's still Matt McGloin was they yeah they weren't doing anything they weren't moving that's still more points than every other quarterback that's played there, but but he had he came from third string to first string so I mean there's some concern there but I, I feel you he did play well he did have him in overtime yeah I feel you on that um, he played well in the AAF too so we know he's got some talent yep. On to the next game. The next game, St. Louis is actually the team that scored 23 points. I did the same thing when I was looking at the scoreboard. 
the the website's all smushed together. St. Louis is given three and a half points to DC at DC. Uh, St. Louis, we talked about them. They're my number two team in the league, dude. I think that they're going to the championship. Uh, Jordan Tayamo is kind of on a roll. They got weapons on the outside and uh, Demarnier uh, Pearson L out of uh, Nebraska, who we talked about about being extremely quick. He's a dynamo on the special teams as well. But Damian Washington is the big target on the opposite end, and they're really the only XFL team with a, a dynamic run game with. Uh, Oh, geez, I'm sorry. M- Matt Jones. Matt Jones has just been killing the game, dude, killing it. So I, I'm going to go with St. Louis, giving three and a half to D.C., who we kind of just talked about being fledging. I believe that they got shut out. Let me double-check that real quick. Yeah, they got shot 25-0 to to Tampa Bay, who's a team that we both had on the bottom. I mean, they're my number six-rated team out of eight, So and they got blanked. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm, I agree with you here, St. Louis. Uh, I, I have them number two behind Houston. Uh, DC is just so inconsistent right now. We don't really know. We we know there's talent in that team, but obviously it's not. It's not showing up on on the field. Yeah, I don't know. So what's you know, yeah, just who who knows who shows up for them. Um, so I'm I'm gonna take uh, St. Louis getting you know given three and a half. Uh, last game of the week, Tampa Bay getting one and a half at Los Angeles. I'll let you go first on this one. At Los Angeles, I you know this is this is a, th- these are two close teams in my opinion. So I'm gonna go with the home team in Los Angeles. That's crazy because I was cool. I, I completely agree with you. I, I got Tampa Bay as my number six team, Los Angeles was my number eight team. So I do believe they're close, but I'm going to take the points with Tampa Bay. I do feel like that Tampa Bay is a different team with Quentin Flowers running the show. It does appear that Quentin Flowers is going to be more involved. Taylor Cornelius also did not look atrocious, so I do want to make that known as well. Yeah. Yeah, I still like LA here. I've I've well, got I've got Tampa Bay rated a little higher than you. I've got them up at like I got them at five, and I've got LA at six. But I like LA being at home. Um, man, and what'd you say the line is like? What one and a half? Yes, one and a half. Yeah, I'll, I'll take one and a half. That's fine. I'm good with that. All right. I guess we'll wait to see. I guess we're running that 45 minute mark, so we'll go ahead. We'll we'll shut yes, it sir. down. This was the Browns Wire podcast. I'm your host Josh Keeley. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Keeley 16. Adam, tell them where they can hear you. Uh, Adam Moore, you can find me on Twitter, Moore, M-O-O-R-E, 2102. Awesome. We're out. See ya.